0: Good morning. Happy Sunday, Patriots. Uh, Back for another week. I'm glad I was able to um, get this going more concurrently. Few corrections before we get started. I was told by a few listeners um, last week, I believe I said fast forward when I meant rewind. (laughs) So that was my fault. And additionally, when we were talking about the Met Gala, 35,000 as a proportion or percentage of 55,000 is closer to 60 to 70 percent um so when i said it was about half the income annual income of an American average american um i was actually underestimating things but let's dive right in there's a lot to talk about these spending bills uh, these liberal progressive spending bills uh continue to dominate the news and i'm very interested in talking about them Um, The one part of the bill that doesn't get a lot of discussion that I recently became very well-versed in is the uh, paid medical leave, uh, what's called the Family Act. Um, Now, I'm very familiar um, as a financial professional with the current Family Medical Leave Act, which is called the Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA, of 1993, um, which is a generous enough act. Um, It gives you unpaid leave. Uh, for disability, for pregnancy, you know, qualified sicknesses, uh, and what have you. Uh, And it's not really a big deal that it's unpaid, because most employees, if they are prudent, if they take this thing called personal responsibility seriously, are able to buy disability insurance or other uh, leave management uh, products that help pay them uh, for time they miss work, like Affleck and, and what have you. There's many, many insurance Uh, and financial instruments available to cover um, basically, um, you know, your absence. The goal of the law is really to make sure that you don't lose your employment, your seniority, uh, your place in a company uh, because you are sick. And of course, the current law doesn't uh, apply to employers with under 50 people because a lot of small businesses both A, cannot afford it and B, it's not the type of work uh, where we can give people uh, long Uh, Absences. I don't say this to be an elitist, but if you're a dishwasher or a waiter, um, saving your job is basically less uh, feasible. And additionally, it's not as important because, you know, if you're working at a law firm or you're working, you know, as an accountant or something and you get years of seniority and you're, you know, um, you know, a very well situated place. Uh, You don't want to lose that just because, you know, you have a baby or maybe you have a heart attack, something like that, which are both, um, you know, serious health events, uh, no matter how you slice it. And that's different uh, because you can't just, you know, go and become a senior accountant at a large firm again, um, whereas, you know, you can find another um, service job uh, with some um, ease. And I'm not saying that means that your contributions to society... Uh, or any less or, or any more because you're an accountant or a lawyer, but it's just a reality. Uh, so this is a dangerous act. The new family act, this new paid family medical leave, uh, basically wants to require all employers, and they claim it's employee funded, but no, it's really the onus is on the employer. Uh, and they, all employers give you not only nine weeks for each event, 12 weeks paid uh, for any sickness uh, or sickness of your family. Uh, and family is very loosely defined. I've read the bill. Um, so you know, you could have, you know, in my opinion, what are distant relatives um, who are not well, and I, and I have all the sympathy in the world for that, but you could get off time off work. a uh, small business who cannot afford to pay you twelve weeks uh, as a you know cashier. It's just no, it's gonna kill jobs. it's gonna kill small business. Uh, it's your typical liberal nonsense. You know, and I, oh, it works in Europe and it works. You know, I hear all that all the time. You know, Europe has permanently high unemployment. They're a welfare state that costs a fortune. They're swimming in debt, as are we, but that'll get into later. You know, they're nothing to emulate. And there are some small countries that people will tell you about. Oh, you know, Sweden and what have you. Listen, maybe it works in a very small country. Um, And I understand, but we are a very large country. We are very ethnically and racially diverse. It's much harder um, to achieve those things uh, in a large country. Additionally, I don't believe they're in line with American values. American values are all about hard work and individualism, personal responsibility. Of course, we have the safety net. Of course, we help people uh, who you know are downtrodden, and uh, you know, absolutely, we have Social Security, we have certain safety net programs, Medicare, Medicaid. But uh, it's not a cradle to grave, you know, welfare state. And that's the other thing you know the, the other thing they want is universal pre-K let me tell you universal pre-K because I live in Philadelphia Philadelphia has had universal pre-K for oh, about five six years now it is not pre-K it is daycare okay the educational standards are are extremely lax it's basically daycare now I believe if you have children that the goal of school is not is not to take care of your children. It's to educate them, get them ready for the workforce, uh, maybe higher education, and go out into the world. But many, many people have children, are not prepared financially, whatever, and these people just want to foist their children off on the government. And I don't personally believe that that's uh, anything that we should have to do. It's universal daycare. Uh, that's not. You have a child. You You figure out how to care for them. Okay. Now there are people that say, well, if you're very poor uh, and you're very, uh, you know, um, unable to find people in your family and you're paying and it costs a lot of money and it's counterproductive. Listen, if liberals want to come out with a program for the poorest of the poor to have assistance with daycare, I don't know. That can be done on a state by state level. And I don't say I would agree with it, but I could see the logic. To give everybody universal pre K, If you, you know, listen, I live in a Northern state, you know, where, you know, I mean, money is different, you know, in terms of how far money goes, but you know, if you're, if you're somebody making 80,000 and your wife makes 50,000, so you make a combined 130,000 a year and you basically have, you know, a child and you're going to put them in universal pre-K, why should I give a family who makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year free daycare? You have children. You both make an income, you pay for daycare. Why is that my responsibility? Why is that where my tax dollars go? That is total, total nonsense. The same thing with the this child tax credit, um, which they want to expand more of, you know, the, these income tax credits and all that. They're, they're for people with a fair amount of income. You know, I mean, first of all, I don't agree with them on principle, but you're giving them to people who are not poor, who are not downtrodden, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and I personally think, you know, I mean, if you look at the debt, I mean, it's a 28.2 trillion. Uh, you know, our GDP is about 20, 21 trillion. Um, so we're well over 100%. You know, and I was watching uh, Michael Smirkano. He's a great uh, guy on CNN. I don't usually like CNN, but he's the only person on CNN who's a little bit conservative. And they were talking about how the debt has exploded. Now, I mean, I think it's unfair, you know, about 5 trillion of that, 5.4 trillion, I believe is related to COVID relief. And unfortunately, I'm not saying that doesn't count, but to, you know, saddle Trump or the Trump presidency with, you know, all of that debt is not fair because essentially, essentially, um, you know, we had to do, it was an emergency. It kept the economy from from melting down, um, from, you know, losing a lot of businesses and having very, very high unemployment. So it was important, um, but it did cost. And I think what a lot of people don't talk about is we have a very historically, I can tell you as a financial guy, that we have very low interest rates and that cannot last, it's not sustainable. And what's gonna happen is you're gonna get higher interest rates eventually and the cost of servicing a almost $30 trillion debt is gonna get really high. Listen, we need a plan to pay down the debt. And basically what we need to do is really look at, um, you know, basically what we spend and how to reduce that. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear it. Um, but, you know, we're going to probably have to raise some kind of taxes. I but what I think is they need to be taxes uh, on on all people, not just the supposedly wealthy, not just the you know, people that run businesses that um, that create jobs. It needs to be across the board. But this infrastructure plan, I don't know when broadband internet became an infrastructure. Maybe you've heard me say that before. Uh, But it's totally ridiculous. And I think what nobody talks about in this infrastructure plan is where does, you know, I I buy gas all the time. I put gas in my car, you know, and 30, 40 cents of that is a gas tax. Where the hell is the gas tax going? I mean, here's the answer. For years and years, governors, Republican and Democrat, have been raiding their state's gas tax funds uh, so they don't have to raise taxes on other things to pay for state programs or unfunded federal mandates? And the answer is we have the money, okay? But we're not using it correctly. Or, as I've said before, we need a toll system. But, I mean, I give it to, to Joe Manchin, um, you know, for for being a little bit more conservative than Democrats tend to be um, and saying, listen, we need to, to fund Social Security and Medicare uh, before we need to fund these fly-by-night you know, crazy progressive programs, and they are crazy. I mean, they they really are. Um, you know, they they basically. I mean, they're just turning us into a socialist country. And you know, I think a lot of people forget because communism ended so long ago. You know, socialism is a dangerous idea. It really is, and it's just not. As I said, it's just not in tune with who America is. You know, America is not a socialist country, uh, and that's what makes us great. And I think you know, you have a lot of people, a lot of people today. Who are embracing this uh, this liberalism, this this progressivism, and the fact that you have people um, like the reviled AOC, you know, defining so much of the agenda, it is really just ridiculous. I mean, the woman has no experience, um, but the Dems are dividing themselves. I mean, they really are. They they are um, just totally, totally um, causing a civil war in their own party. They're extremely divided. And they better enjoy it because, you know, basically, you know, anyone who knows Washington and knows the election cycles, basically, they have six months, you know, six, seven months, because once the primaries start for 2022, you know, they're going to be in campaign mode and that's not too long. So, you know, if you want to get anything done and listen, historically, the incumbent uh, president's party loses seats um, and that really didn't always matter but what happens here is because Biden has such narrow majorities in both houses, um, if he even loses a handful of seats, it's going to go over to the Republicans. Um, which, listen, I hope for. I'm not saying all Republicans are perfect, um, but you know this this crazy spending cannot continue, um, and it's just it's just nuts. Um, it's really just just nuts how much they spend. But you know, I mean, it, we you know it's just crazy. What what counts as infrastructure. Uh, it's, this is, you know, this is not an infrastructure bill. Um, you know, broadband internet is not infrastructure. I really can't say that, say that enough. And listen, if somebody wants to use the roads, um, I want them to be, to be, uh, passable. I want them to be good roads, but ultimately we need to find a way to pay for them. That makes sense. And, uh, people don't talk about, there's a lot of debt, um, that local municipalities hold, you know, this country is swimming in debt um you know you've got a lot of school districts and townships and sewage authorities holding a ton of debt i mean if you look at the you know municipal bond market i mean there's just a lot of debt out there and people just are not talking about all of this um which is crazy um you know basically there's been a huge uptick lately because of the amount of debt that is held by uh these you know municipalities if you buy municipal bonds there's more and more, I um, mean, it's existed for years, but more and more companies specializing and in offering insurance should those bonds default, because basically there's a huge worry there. So we're a country that is addicted to debt, and I, I really do blame the left in a lot of cases um, because, you know, they basically are trying to sell people on their programs, um, and they know that people wouldn't like them if they saw the price tag, so they basically, you know, drown this country in debt. Uh, What else do I want to talk about? Well, I think I want to talk about, you know, I think Bill O'Reilly does Pinheads and Patriots, or did when he was on the air. Um, I guess I have numbskulls. Uh, So I think numbskull of the week uh, has to be uh, John Legend. So as you all know, I'm a very strong supporter of Israel. And John Legend is another one, uh, another, you know, Hollywood actor uh, with no, no whatsoever political uh, historic background, so he doesn't know what's going on. I mean, he's—he's a—I've seen him perform, talented guy, um, but you know, doesn't mean uh, you know. I want uh, somebody who's a talented, you know, uh, waiter to necessarily tell me about you know brain surgery. Um, you know, you can have talents, but they're not always uh, universal. Um, basically, uh, you know, he's oh for the Palestinians and the Israelis are terrible. Listen, you know what? People like that just just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about, okay? Um, you you're you're totally out of your depth, uh, totally out of your you know re- you know realm of, of understanding, um, and just stay out of it. And like I said, I think these people don't realize that the ideas that they're embracing, the people that are prop- you know promulgating them, are ultimately anti-Semitic, and it's the new front of anti-Semitism, and they're you know they're signing on but people don't realize that. I mean, personally, I have a huge problem with um, celebrity um, politics, you know, politicians, celebrities getting into into the political world and giving their opinions. Um, You know, I I see it all the time. Um, You know, we had a very famous case here uh, in Philadelphia um, for years, uh, the Mumia case. Um, Of course, um, for those of you who do not know it, um, I will go through it a little bit. Um, Mumia Jamal uh, was his name. Um, uh, I don't remember roughly what his birth name was. Um, but, uh, Mumia was a, um, I think his, his birth name was Cook. Maybe last name was Cook, but, uh, he became a Muslim, I believe, either in prison or later in life. Um, but, it was a very famous case. Daniel Faulkner was a, a cop. Uh, and Mamiya shot him at point blank range, I believe, uh, in the head, um, at a routine traffic stop and he was guilty of sin. Um, and he was ultimately convicted. Um, Daniel Faulkner was a young cop. He was going to law school part-time, um, very talented, very, you know, bright star. And, um, basically he went to trial. Now, Philadelphia in the early eighties, um, was, you know, was not the most tolerant place. So there was an air of, you know, some some racism among the judge and all that, but it was a fair trial, and ultimately, uh, celebrities have been campaigning for years, um, you know, ultimately for his release. Uh, they got his his death uh, sentence commuted to life imprisonment, I believe, without parole. And but it's just a joke. All these celebrities, oh, free him, free him! They don't understand. The guy was a murderer, cold blooded murderer. And they sat there and tried to tell, you know, the world that he was, uh, you know, just this innocent man. He wasn't. And my thing of it is, is if you're a celebrity, stay out of it, act, sing, play the piano, whatever you guys do, but don't give me your politics. You don't have the knowledge and you make a fool out of yourself. You end up, you know, fronting for causes that you don't understand that are, you know, with the case of Mumia, um, you know, are advocating for for releasing a... a you know, terrible person, um, who was a murderer. And I just, I'm really, you know, I get sick of it, you know, and, and it's on the right or the left too. I mean, I, you know, I don't really want to know anyone's opinion who's an actor uh, or an actress uh, on politics. It's not their, it's not their place. I mean, I don't want to hear what George Clooney has to say I mean talented guy, but I really don't want to hear it. Um, so, well, I mean, that's, we're getting near, uh, uh you know, I'm running out of steam on that topic. Um, But, you know, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the Texas abortion law, and then we will uh, wrap up. Um, You know, listen, I personally, I know many conservatives won't like to hear this on this, but I am pro-choice. I'm more of an economic conservative, even though I think I'm a pretty staunch economic conservative. Um, But I'm only pro-choice because I'm not a woman. Um, And I do not believe that I am able to tell a woman what to do with her, her body. Uh, ultimately, I don't like the idea of abortion. I, to me, it is morally, ethically um, abhorrent. I don't believe you should terminate a pregnancy, but that's not my call. That's between those women uh, and, you know, my opinion, uh, their creator. And that's, uh, you know, they, they have to live with that. Um, but a lot of people are going on and on about the Texas abortion law, listen. Texas for years has been making it very difficult for women to have abortions. I believe there are only four or five abortion clinics still operating in the entire state of Texas. Texas has, oh God, I mean, must have, you know, 20, 30 million residents. I mean, I, I, I'm I, going to ask my staff here to fax checks real quick uh, how many residents there are in, in Texas, 29 million. So, um, you know four or five, isn't a lot of abortion clinics. They've put laws for years making it very hard to open abortion clinics, very high standards for abortion clinics uh, when they're open in terms of the facilities and the width of hallways and things like that. Um, but I think we just have to understand as a country, you know, um, the regional differences. Um, in, in that part of the world, you know, abortion is, is not something that they tolerate. And yes, we're 50 states and there are certain federal laws and things like that. But we have to understand what flies. And listen, if it's legal somewhere, it's essentially legal everywhere. So if you want an abortion, you're probably going to have to leave Texas. Um, You know, the law is not, you know, doesn't totally, uh, you know, jive with what I think. But we have to understand as a country, there are big differences between, you know, living in Massachusetts and living in Waco, Texas. Um, We're just a very different, you know, country. Um, And we have to accept that. Uh, But I think we we need to understand that as long as abortion is legal somewhere in the United States, women can avail themselves uh, of that right. Um, It's not going to necessarily be universal. Um, You know, it's the same thing with gay marriage. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty plenty of county clerks in the United States who don't want to, you know, or probably would would shoo you away if you were gay in, you know, uh, certain parts of the country. Um, and not really want to issue a marriage license. It's just all an issue of, um, you know, where you are in the country. uh, And you can't expect um, the values to be universal. I think Planned Parenthood uh, and I think uh, other pro-abortion organizations um, should not waste their money fighting the Texas abortion law. They should be uh, investing that money in services if women in Texas want an abortion and, you know, getting them transportation to New Mexico or, uh, whatever the nearest state is, to get an abortion because that's really what's going to have to happen. If you live in Texas, you're going to have to go to an adjacent state. Um, that would be a better place I think these organizations could spend their money um, than that. And, you know, it's, it's to me, um, it's just as a country, we have to embrace and understand our regionalism and uh, not be afraid of it. Um, so that's it for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm going to end, of course, in my Eisenhower line from that old Eisenhower ad. uh, Now is the time for all good Americans to come to the aid of their country. And let's do it, folks. Talk to you soon.